This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Rosenberg, and today I want to talk to you about managing your money. You know, we, we spend a lot of time talking about entrepreneurship and how to make more money, but you won't succeed in the world of personal finance and treating yourself like a business unless you get back to basics and manage your investments the right way. And I've run into a handful of situations where I've seen people putting their investments in the absolute worst place for themselves. Usually, you know, index fund investing, that's become the biggest, most popular way for people to manage their money and something I'm all about. But then there's other mutual funds and financial advisors and companies that want to charge so many fees and costs. It's it's kind of it feels like it should be a crime. And I guess that's why the CFPB is out there. That's the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It's a newer government organization that is all about making sure companies don't take advantage of you consumers with your finances because these products are pretty complex and there's a lot of misinformation out there. So that's a great resource. But there's another great resource that I want to tell you about, and that is my friend Todd Tresseter. So Todd is known as the financial mentor. He has been doing financial focused advising and coaching for decades and I am so excited he had the time to join us for today's episode. So I'm not going to go babble on a lot about investments because what Todd had to say is so important. We're just going to dive in right now after this quick message. It used to be that when I wanted to review all of my personal finances, I had to log into websites from different banks, investment companies, lenders, credit card companies, all sorts of financial institutions to see a complete picture of my finances. But that's not a problem anymore thanks to Personal Capital. With Personal Capital, I can log in and in one handy dashboard, I can view all of my banks, credit cards, investments, and every other account in one place. Plus, it gives me insights into how I earn money and how I spend each month so I can optimize my income and cash flows to best suit the needs of my family. But there's more. There's some great free tools like the 401k and mutual fund analysis tool that I use to save $300 every year on mutual fund fees. And that's money back in my pocket. Now, the best part is most of these tools are totally free. You can sign up for personal capital with no charge and only pay if you decide you want to work with a professional financial advisor to help manage your money. But if you want to do it yourself, you can sign up for free and use all of these great tools. To get started, head to personalprofitability.com slash personal capital. That's personalprofitability.com slash personal capital. All right, everyone. I am here now with Todd Tresseter. Now, Todd is someone I have known for a long time, no surprise, through FinCon. But Todd uh, fits a little different mold than some of the rest of the FinConers I've had on in the past. Usually it's been uh, freelance finance writers and similar that I've had on the show. But Todd is, well, he's goes by the nickname The Financial Mentor. So let's get into our conversation and ask you, Todd, how did you get that nickname? Uh, well, I tried to get financial coach, but it was taken. So we got to go all the way back to 1998 when I grabbed <laughs> the URL uh, back in the dark ages of the internet, right? When it was infancy. Um, 
I tried to get financial coach. Fortunately, I didn't get it because I actually like financial mentor better than financial coach. At the time, if you Googled, not Google because it didn't exist, if you searched um, for the term financial coach on the search engines, you'd get a total of nine returns of which one was me. Um, and I was the only one that was a full financial coach. I was the first real financial coach on the internet. The other eight returns were financial advisors who were um, dubbing themselves financial coaches, but they were actually just traditional financial advisors. And so I was trying to get some that represented where I wanted to go with the business, which was a completely different approach to um, financial education, right? Because in the past, again, we're going back to 1998 when I started the business. In the past, people had collapsed the education component with the investment product sales component, which creates a conflict of interest. And so the whole idea behind Financial Mentor was to separate financial education from investment product sales. So you have a financial advisor, he sells you products, you know, insurance, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, whatever. And then you have Financial Mentor, which educates you on how to design your wealth plan, how to develop your investment strategies, all next level stuff. And it's separated, so there's no conflict of interest in the advice. Oh, I love that. I've been, uh, I've actually come across a, a situation with my mother's investments recently. She inherited a whole bunch of different investments from my grandmother when she passed away, and this was years ago. And I never really had much view into how any of those financials were working. But recently, I was uh, visiting my parents back in Denver, and I looked at one of the statements. And you could see so many conflicts of interest in all of the investment options they picked. I, I would not have invested in any oh, single yeah. fund on that list. I was like heartbroken because you know, it's clear these financial advisors, and I say advisors with air quotes, you can't see them on a podcast because they're not really advising anybody. I mean, they are in a way, but they're really advising their own checkbook. You know, they're pointing people to certain investments that they get kickbacks for. I'm it's very clear from some of these, you know, the really high fees. So I'm going to help my mom get all of that changed. <laughs> but you know, this is a really important yeah. point for people to understand. There are all sorts of different financial advisors and people out there who purport to be helping you with your money, but not all of them are actually helping you. A lot of them are helping themselves. So you'd need someone like Todd who was taking the early steps to really be a fiduciary, someone who puts your best interest first. Is that how you were feeling about it at the time? Is it, it was a newer idea back well, then. Well, yeah, but I got, I got to clarify a couple of things here, first of all. So fiduciary would be, yes, you put your their interests first, but see, I don't even play the role of fiduciary because I'm, such, I'm actually an educator. So I operate within the education exemption of the financial advisory laws. Um, so I'm an educator. I don't actually provide technically advice according to how the law defines advice. And so I'm operating under the education exemption. A fiduciary would be handling your money. See, I'm not actually handling your money. I'm educating you on how to handle it yourself. So I, under, I operate under the function of teaching a person how to fish versus giving them a fish. That's um, even, so I'm all about independent uh, client as opposed to a dependent client. Um, so anyway, there's one other thing I want to clarify, Eric, and that is I don't want to paint the whole profession negatively um, there's a lot of really good people trying their level best to truly take care of people. And the reality is there's tremendous conflicts of interest in the industry, which it creates incentives for people to do things that are not necessarily in the client's best interest. You know, so they have different bonuses and different commission rates depending on the products sold. 
there's a lot of things that cause this to go on that are baked right into the cake of how the industry operates. So while the industry is highly conflict-ridden, we don't want to paint the entire industry negatively because there's also some really good people in there that are trying their level best to serve people. Um, but with that said, anybody working with anybody with your money, you need to be eyes wide open and look at everything. Um, and don't just trust blindly just because it's your brother's cousin's sister-in-law or, you know, a friendly church member or any other of the numerous places where investment fraud occurs regularly, um, through these trusted relationships, you have to really have your eyes wide open and look carefully because the conflicts of interest are tremendous within the business. Yeah, definitely. So I know one big emphasis you're working on right now with, with your clients, with people who come find you on your blog is reaching financial independence. You know, there's some bloggers yeah. out there like Mr. Money Mustache is probably the best known for the let's save half your income, spend as little as possible, work really hard for like 10 years, and hopefully you can live on it for a long time. But I know that's probably not the route a lot of people want to go on. They'd rather uh, spend a little bit more as they go. So what is your plan and how is it different from the traditional looks at, you know, or traditional routes to financial independence? Yeah. So mathematically, the way I achieve financial independence is pretty similar to what you see a lot of the other what are known now as fire bloggers. So financial independence retire early. Um, so it's an acronym called fire bloggers. Uh, most of them fall under a moniker, if you will. You can almost kind of put them in a box, which is, you know, it's about um, spending very low percentage of your income. And what that does is that gets your spending rate down very low. That puts you at a low marginal tax bracket. It makes you, it allows you to qualify for Obamacare so you don't have health care issues. Um, it, it has a lot of different benefits getting your income weight, getting your spendable uh, costs way down, get your income way down. And they get a very high savings rate. And that allows you to become financially independent relatively quick. I have a post on my site called How Anyone Can Retire in 10 Years or Less. And it really boils down to just your savings rate as a percent of your income. Um, and so it's a mathematical truth. They've got it right. There's no flaw in that. However, the reality is a lot of people, me included, don't want to live um, – I'm trying to think of a way to say it properly. We don't want to live watching the right side of the menu of life for our entire lives, right? We don't want to um, deal with everything off a of cost. And the other reality that people run into is they realize they have to work just as hard to save money as they do to just earn it in the first place. Um, and so there's a variety of problems with what we'll call the lean fire movement – it's great. It works. If you have kind of what I'll call a stoic personality, you subscribe to the stoic philosophy, it can also be very fulfilling. Um, so there's absolutely nothing wrong with what they teach, but it doesn't necessarily apply to a lot of people. And so I would probably be dubbed um, a more comprehensive viewpoint where I include both lean fire and fat fire. Um, and so what I do is rather than just, you know, most fire people, they'll, they'll talk about how you need to have a a, you know, low cost passive index asset allocation portfolio and they'll work with paper assets. Well, I go in and I bring in the other two asset classes, which is, um, direct ownership of real estate and business entrepreneurship. So when I develop a wealth plan with a client or through my courses, it's, um, it, it covers all three asset classes. And then you take the characteristics, the unique characteristics of each asset class, because each asset class is different. Again, there's not a right wrong in the asset classes. They just have different characteristics and they will get you to financial independence in different ways at different speeds. And so you've got to match the, the characteristics of the asset classes to your personal characteristics 
projects and your goals coming in. So your skills, your abilities, your resources, how long until you want to be financially independent, all of those things make up your characteristics and you've got to match them to the characteristics of the asset classes in order to create a plan that will actually work for you. And so the difference there is like, you know, I'm not coming in and saying there's only one way to do it. I'm pointing out that what the one thing that underlies all this is the mathematical expectancy formula and the future value formula. So all of this, all your wealth building is governed by mathematics and it's all governed by these two formulas. And so you have to obey the math, but within there, there's a lot of flexibility depending on how you design your wealth plan. And so that's the difference in my teachings versus most of what you'll see on the internet is more comprehensive. I love that you point out in a lot of cases, it's easier to earn more than spend less. And I found in my life, you know, I talk a lot about side hustles here on the podcast and on the blog and side hustles completely revolutionized my life. I earned in 2015, $40,000 on the side. And, you know, it was much easier to earn that extra $40,000 than it would have been to cut my spending by $40,000. Because I had, you know, a mortgage, I had a baby, we had hospital bills, all these things. And there are some expenses I just couldn't not spend money on. You know, I could cut going to restaurants and going out for lunch. All those things are easy to cut. I'd already cut cable. But earning more is such an important concept. And people feel so, I don't know what the right word is. People don't feel empowered that they can just go out and earn more money. But it's something you can do every day. So let's go through the math of it. Yeah, so let's go through the math of it, right? Because again, all this is just common sense once you really look at it. And so there's a downside limit to how much you can cut spending before you experience scarcity. And it's different for each person depending on your personal values and your personal philosophy on life. So some people, like another famous um, uh, lean fire person is Jacob Lund Fisker, who runs Early Retirement Extreme. Um, He's known to have, quote unquote, retired on 7,000 a year. Now that's really lean. You know, he was living in a motor home and, you know, doing whatever he was doing to get his cost down that low. Um, that's not my cup of tea. That's not how I want to live. Nothing wrong with him. He's a great guy. He's a really smart guy. Um, that was how he expressed his values and his philosophy on life. It doesn't match mine. And I, I don't think it matches a lot of your listeners either. And so there's a downside limit to how much most people can cut spending before they experience, um, scarcity. Whereas the upside of income production is unlimited. And so there's, you know, it's this kind of this idea of offense versus defense in any sport, right? You have to have a balance in the, the two. It, just because we're talking about offense here and increasing income doesn't mean you want to be stupid with your expenses, right? You still want to pay attention. You want to play good defense, but yeah, let's get the offense on the, on the field and let's put some points on the board and get some margin of safety. And so there's, again, the math behind this, there's a kind of a benchmark rule. You can call it the rule of 300 or the rule of 400, depending on how prudent you want to be. But basically the rule of 300 is equivalent to the, to the 4% rule, which is that for every $1,000 you spend, it requires roughly 300,000 in assets to support that using conventional retirement planning assumptions. Um, notice that disclosure in the using conventional retirement planning assumptions because there's ways to shift the math on that. But anyway, it's a useful benchmark. And the rule 400 says that for every 1,000 in expenses, you need 400,000 in assets to support it. Now, the math can be flipped upside down. You can say, well, I can reduce my savings requirements by three to 400,000 just by increasing my income by 1,000 a month. 
So you can do it either direction. You can reduce your spending by a thousand a month, in which case you reduce your savings requirements. I'm sorry. Or you can increase your income, which reduces your savings requirements. It works either direction. Yeah, that's great. So if someone it was has a normal nine to five job or let's be more realistic, it's 2017 and eight to six or whatever hours they're working today. Uh, what is the right. first step someone should take to try to get moving on a path towards financial independence, whether they want a traditional retirement age or an early one? Well, you have to have a plan. If you don't have a plan, you don't have any way to to make your decisions. You don't have any order of execution. You don't know what your first step is, your second step, your third step. So the first step is always create a plan. So back when I was accepting coaching clients, I I, I stopped accepting new one-on-one coaching clients a couple of years back. Um, but when I was still accepting coaching clients, the very first thing I did, regardless of their situation, is we created the plan. Um, because the plan, without the plan, you literally don't have any way to contextualize any of the decisions you have to make in the coaching process. So that's always the starting point is develop your plan. I agree. I always say to people, you know, get back to the basics and understand what where you're standing right now. A lot of people don't know how their checking account balance looks or their savings account or their 401k. Or there's so many different places people save and spend today that it's important to get everything organized to start. Otherwise, like as you said, you can't do anything. You can't even build that plan if you don't know where you're at today. So you know, tracking your finances. Yeah, and so, so that's important. what. Yeah, and so that's one portion of developing the plan is getting your numbers current, right? So what is your asset position? What is your expense position? You know, so you develop a balance sheet and an income statement. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I teach in in the course where they where people develop their wealth plans, is I teach a concept called U Inc, where you basically run your financial life like a company, right? Because it is, it's a business. And so your wealth is at the top of the org chart. And then the next row below that in the org chart, like you'd have an org chart for a corporation, the vice presidents along the second line are your vice president of the three asset classes plus your personal life. So vice president of paper assets, vice president of direct ownership real estate, vice president of business entrepreneurship, and vice president of your personal life. And the thing here on this plan is that they're all on equal levels. So you have to treat them equally. Again, notice I, I, I'm trying to point out very clearly there's not a right wrong here. They're all treated equally with one difference. The vice president of personal life gets to pull a trump card over any other vice president whenever necessary. Because in the end, all of this is about your personal life. It's about increasing your personal fulfillment. And so there's times when you have to set aside a lot of these well plans in order to be focused on your personal life. And that's perfectly okay. Oh, that's a great point. I love that. So if someone wants to learn more about this, they want to connect with you and find out what the financial mentor is all about, where should they go? Well, the website is financialmentor.com. So it's all one word. It's one word, two words matched up (laughs) as one word, financialmentor.com. And that's the hub of everything I do. And for people that come over and subscribe, um, I give away two, two bonuses to build the relationship and build the trust. One is a free ebook. It's called 18 Essential Lessons of a Self-Made Millionaire. And it goes through a couple of things we talked about here, but there's a lot more that we didn't talk about that's in that ebook. Um, and then I have a free course. It's called 52 Weeks to Financial Freedom. And no, you won't get rich quick in 52 weeks. It's not, you know, that's not what I teach. But what it does do is it goes through the entire what I do teach is a thing called seven steps to seven figures. Um, and that seven figure that seven step course is very large. 
college. It's like a university curriculum on wealth building. And so what the 52 weeks program does, is it gives you the overview. You go through it and you can learn all the different pieces of it, how it's all put together. So you understand the process of building wealth and financial freedom, reaching your goals. And that's all for free. So you get that for free. And then the only other thing that's available to people right now publicly on the site is I do have the step three, how to design your life to result in wealth, otherwise called the wealth building course or wealth planning course, um, which is some of what we talked on in this interview. And so that's publicly available right now as well. Well, sound like amazing resources, everyone. Be sure to head over to financialmentor.com to check it all out. Thanks so much for joining us, Todd. All right. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, there's another one in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Todd is someone I really respect and look up to. We actually had a great chat about my own website after we finished recording this podcast episode. So you might see some changes of personal profitability coming out of our interview with Todd. But in the meantime, as always, please do take a moment, share it with a friend, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have any questions that you want featured on the show, head to personalprofitability.com slash askeric and you can leave an audio message that I will answer at the beginning of an upcoming episode. Again, that's personalprofitability.com slash askeric. Thanks everyone for sticking around to the end. And until next time, stay profitable.